0: You are listening to the Remote Local Podcast. Learn the best tips to build a local business you can run from anywhere in the world and get the financial and location freedom you desire. Welcome to the show. What is up, podcast listeners? Neil here for another episode of the Remote Local Podcast. Excited to be back. I'm going to continue what we started on this last episode, which is talking about how to fully automate your business. So uh, currently with my corporate location, I'm able to work under four hours a week by implementing what I call EOS Lite, which is the Entrepreneur Operating System, a very slimmed down version of it. If you have not listened to the first episode, definitely check it out. Uh, It's 10 minutes long. And uh, like I mentioned over there, I am posting the same content I'm talking about here in tweet form and Twitter. I'm also going to put it on the blog. I also want to offer this up. If anyone's listening to this and you want to implement this and you're getting hung up on it, uh, feel free to message me. You could um, email me um, at hello at beremotelocal.com. You could message me on Twitter, um, and I will get back to you, I promise. I just want to make sure you implement this correctly because I think it's so key to get set up early on in your entrepreneurial journey and it just makes things so much easier going forward. So quick recap from last time we talked a lot about how to make sure you have the right organizational structure and how to make sure you have the right people in the right seats, right? It's kind of like a ship you're on a ship together. You're the captain. um, You're looking for treasure and everyone has to be rowing in the same direction. If you have, you know, five crewmen and no first captain, it's not going to work, right? You need the right seats on that ship in the right positions and the exact number of those right positions. And also your crew needs to know exactly what they're doing. What are they in charge of, right? If you have a first captain who's also trying to row, that's not going to work, right? So identifying that and making sure you have the right people in the right seats and they fit your core values is huge. So let's say you've done that. You've gone through that process and you have the right team in the right seats. And look, if you're just getting started, just you and one other person, that's fine. Like The whole point of this is to create an outline of where you want your company to be in one year so you have something to scale towards. So no one is too small to implement this. You're just going to implement a very slimmed down version of this. So now let's say you have your right organizational structure, your chart, everything like that from part one. We're going to move on to the next phase here. uh, And I'm going to go over three different parts. One's the vision. Seconds, the KPIs, which is the key performance indicators. And lastly, the all together is going to be the meeting structure. So I'm going to tell you exactly how to implement these three parts. Um, I break this down into kind of five parts. I talked about two in the first one, and I'm going to talk about three in this one. Again, it's a lot to cover. Re-listen to this if you want. Follow me along, message me, DM me, whatever. I, I want to make sure you're taken care of. Cool. So I'm going to make this as simple as possible, and I'm going to start with part one, which is the vision here. So... Every company needs a vision and it sounds so fluffy. Um, one thing I want you to know is like your vision and your mission doesn't have to be this like massive world changing endeavor. If you just, if your vision is, Hey, I just want to make a lot of money and I have like an awesome culture for my team. That's fine. That's fine. You don't need to say, Hey, I'm changing the world through cleaning. Uh, it's unnecessary. Uh, and I feel like a lot of companies try to force that. And I've tried to force that. What happens is that it just doesn't hold true and you don't really hold people accountable to the vision and it's hard to rally people around something that you don't it's hard to rally people around something that you don't believe in yourself as much so try to go for the truth of what the company is about and what it's for and uh, that's what you're going to write down so you're going to start with the vision eos uh, as a whole advocates creating a 10-year vision which i think it's Kind of stupid, especially for small companies. I don't even know what I'm doing next year. There's no way I'm creating a 10 year vision. Uh, So I always recommend starting with a three year vision. So go with, um, hey, where do you want your company to be three years from now, two years from now, one year from now? And uh, track this with metrics. For example, like this is what I want in top line. This translates to this number of cleanings at this dollar amount. Uh, This is the split up between, in our case, Airbnb and regular residential customers. You have all of that written down and under that you'll write what you might need to get there. For example, let's say in year three, I say, Hey, this year I want to hire a general manager. I want to have 25 A rated cleaners. I want X, Y, and Z. And I'll maybe have five bullet points, which are necessary to achieve that overarching goal I set up top. So try to make it simple, you know, start with revenue and some sort of metric you tie to revenue. So that way you're kind of tracking it. And then some basic structure of, hey, what, what, what do you need to reach that goal? And um, like I said, start with version one. It's okay. You're going to clarify it over time and over the quarters. Um, get your one, two, and three-year vision solidified. Next, once you actually have it solidified, if you have a management team or a team around you, talk to them about it. Uh, say, hey, this is the vision of the company. Let's talk about this together. The real reason is you want them to get buy-in into it. Uh, You want them to be devoted to the vision. Everyone's on the same page. Everyone's rowing in the same direction, right? Everyone knows where the treasure map is. That's what the vision is. It's a treasure map. Um, Once you have buy-in from the management team, either they will speak to their teams or if it's just you and some people, you will speak with your team about it. And what I did is I wrote a letter. uh, It's called the rules of the made this game. It has a letter from me, which literally says, Hey, I started this company because X, Y, and Z. This is the goal of the company. This is where I see us going in three years. Um, I hope you enjoy the journey. You're on here together with me. Then in that same letter, I talk about the core values of the company, the meeting structure, which I'm going to talk about later today. Um, I share this with every new team member who joins the company and I require them to hop on a call with me for half an hour to review this and I make sure they have read it and understand. So I'll say, hey, what is the vision of the company? What are your core values? Can I explain the core values? Can I explain the vision? Can I explain where we're going in three years? To so make sure everyone understands what they're getting into and they have buy-in from it i I think people often forget like, hey, your team members don't really know where you're going as a company. Just because you think about it every day doesn't mean everyone knows. And there is power as long as people kind of know the loose direction they need to be rowing in to reach that treasure. That's great, right? So getting them to have buy-in or at least knowing generally what direction you're heading has outsized returns on your business. So you're going to create the vision, spend some time doing it. You're going to make sure your management team has buy-in and you're going to share it with your team. And ideally, every quarter, you reiterate the vision on your quarterly reviews is what you're going to be doing. Cool. So the next phase over here is your key performance indicators, your KPIs. So this is where you're going to create a uh, scorecard. Uh, so a scorecard in rock is what EOS calls it. Scorecard is how do you track the health of your company? Um, so... You there's certain metrics that you you will know as part of your company, which is just needed so you, you can figure out how you're doing. The hardest part is if you're like, hey, I'm just looking at revenue and I think we're doing okay, right? But if you have key metrics you're tracking, this is how you truly automate your business. And I think if you take away one thing from this whole process, get your KPIs in order, get your scorecard in order. Let me give you an example of what a scorecard is. Um, on my management scorecard, we have, for example, a number of leads per week. Number of booked cleanings. What percent of those are recurring? Uh, what is the churn rate? How many new cleaners did we rec- did we sit down for interviews this week? So there's a lot of metrics would tell me the health of the company. Realize these are uh, uh, leading metrics, not lagging metrics. I can explain what that is. A laggy metric is um, I have onboarded X cleaners this month. That is a scorecard, not good because I want to track how many interviews it actually takes to reach that that certain amount to make sure it gets hit, right? So the, the scorecard metric is how many interviews did I do this week or how many do we line up this week? That's going to truly tell me the health of the company. So in an ideal world, you look at this and you know exactly where the faults are happening, right? If you're like, okay, well, our close rate's 20% this week. That's why we have low booking rate. Now, you know, but you have to track it to begin with, right? So this is why the scorecard is so important. Uh, we usually have probably five to seven scorecard items. Um, you'll be, if, if you're so entrepreneur doing this yourself, you're going to be the one inputting these metrics by yourself. And that's fine. I, I would highly advocate eventually getting someone else to do it. So for example, the way it works for us, whoever is in, char- in charge of that department is the one inputting the scorecard metrics. If it's sales related, the sales manager is doing it. If it's operations, the operations manager is in charge of it. If it's marketing, me or the marketing coordinator are doing that and inputting that stat there and tracking that that way that person's held accountable to it, but doing it yourself, just put it by yourself, right? I think the more important thing is just to get going and making sure you're tracking the KPIs for me, I knew I wasn't doing it myself. And that way, you know, before I implemented EOS, I just, it was a slog for me to like get my KPI numbers and metrics together. Um, So eventually I said, look, I know I should be doing this myself or automated, but I'm just going to pay someone to do it for me. And this is so important. Where I think even devoting a budget to have someone else track this for you, if you can't figure out how to automate it, is fine. Just figure out a way to get these KPIs so you know the health of the company. Uh, so that's number one. So once you have your scorecard overall uh, and the health of the company, ideally each department is going to have their own scorecard. Operations will have operations-related scorecard, and sales team will have their own scorecard for their own for their own groups as well non departments. So that's how you track the health of the company overall which is leadership then for each different department with the scorecards next we're going to go into rocks Um, so what rocks are is just goals right so you have your one year two year three year vision which we talked about let's take a look at your one year vision and say okay what projects do we need to achieve this quarter to make that one year vision a reality right um, we need to be at X number of Google reviews to make sure, make this a reality. We need to be at X number of phone calls per day to make this reality. Um, there's just, there's going to be outsized returns from certain tasks or projects, which happen. What are those things? If you had to pick one thing to work on for this quarter, which is going to have outsized returns to hit your one-year goal. What is that? That's the rock. The rock has to be measurable though, right? You can't be like, oh, I want to just grow. No, not okay. Okay. You'd have to say, I want to grow by X amount by doing X number of things. That's the goal. That's measurable. So at the end of the quarter, you could say, yeah, I actually did that or I did not do that. So that's how you ha- set rocks. You're probably going to have it, two to three rocks um, for yourself and maybe two to three rocks per leadership team member. Here's the trick of how to keep people accountable. They set their own rocks. So let's say um, it's you and you have a couple partners or a couple of people on your leadership team. You help them set their own rock. Uh, and then every single week they have to report whether they're on track or off track for their rock every single week, do not miss it. And we're going to talk about the meeting structure next. Um, but the goal is for people to say, I am off track on my rock or I am on track on my rock and they're self-reporting it every week. If someone's the right team member and they're constantly off track, at least they have eyes on it and they're probably going to work on fixing that. And you've already decided, Hey, this is one of the biggest things we can do to move the company forward. It's super important. That's why it's rockified, for example. So that's the concept of rocks. It's just quarterly projects you work on, which is the biggest thing you can do to reach your annual goal. And you make sure you put someone's name on it because they're in charge of talking about the rock and they're in charge of delivering on the rock. It's not all you, right? So once you have this set, think about it this way. You have the vision. Everyone knows where they're going. You have the KPIs to track how the company's doing so you know where the problems are occurring. Everyone has their goals they're working on. And they have to self-report it every single week with the rocks. Um, that's powerful. Everyone's working in the same direction. Everyone's working toward the same plan. The last piece of the puzzle is tying it all together. So you do this with what is called a level 10 meeting. So I host mine every Wednesday. It's an hour and a half meeting, highly structured. Um, I know many of us, have, pretty much all of us, have been in meetings where you're like, all right, why am I in this meeting? What are we talking about? It's You're kind of talking about fluff to begin with, and then, Someone brings up a problem and you start talking about the topic for like 20 minutes and you're like, at the end of the meeting, you're like, okay, I don't really know what we accomplished here, Uh, which is frustrating. I hate meetings, but I love level 10 meetings because it's so structured and I feel like it's actually worth it. Um, So here's the exact meeting structure for a level 10 meeting. Very simple. First, you start off with what we call kudos. Kudos. A personal kudos and a professional kudos, something that is in line with the core values, which you celebrate, usually about yourself. But if you want to hand out a kudos, you can hand out a kudos as well. Just start with positivity, reinforcing core values. After that, you go to scorecard review. So you look at the company's health. After And remember, everyone who is in charge of that scorecard figure is reporting it. You're not the one saying, hey, here's the scorecard. I'm going to go through every single metric. Whoever's in charge of it reports it. Next, you go into rocks. On the rocks, all you say is on track or off track. That's it. Do not explain. Don't do anything like that on track or off track. If anyone is off track, you take that rock and you put it on what's called the issues list, which I'll address in in a second. So you just note that. Let's say you're off track on getting Google reviews. You put that on the issues list because it's not being handled. Right. So you have the rocks. Then you go into any notable team member or customer updates. So just five minutes if someone has saying, hey, this person is quitting or this person has a problem. OK, fine. Do not discuss it again at this point. What you're doing is taking all the problems from your scorecards, rocks, personal reviews, and putting it on a list, which you're going to talk about below. So just someone can mention the problem or the issue or the update. If you need to discuss it, add it to the issues list, five minutes here. Next, you're going to spend 10 minutes on what's called last week's action items, um, which is stuff which you'll have decided from the below issues list, which is to be actioned from this week, to next week, whoever's in charge of it gets an update on it for that week, right? So pretty simple. Now, after you've done this process, probably should take 30 minutes for, for what I just mentioned here. You'll reach a, a list of issues at the bottom. The issues is pretty much everything you've taken from the top and kind of pushed to the bottom of like, hey, here's a bunch of hot topics to talk about. Here's the key. What you're gonna do is pick the top three topics which are most pressing and the and the, the biggest ones to discuss. Um, that what, The reason you're only picking three is because We've all been to meetings where you end up talking about a, a topic which has very little effect on the company's goals, but you end up talking about it for a long time, and it's bogus, it's stupid, it's just because it popped up. So what this does is it, it lets you pick the top three topics you want to talk about, and you're only going to talk about those. If you end up having more time afterwards, great, you can talk about the other ones, but at least you're hitting the most pressing items and the biggest items which are actually moving the company forward, not these random ticky-tack problems which might pop up. So what you're going to do is discuss a problem, um, and then write down the solution on like the last on this week's action items list, and assign who's going to be charged with that, so that way we, next week they have to report on that item. That's pretty much it. So it's kind of going back to that. Um, I think it's the Gary Keller book, uh, the one thing, which what is the one thing I can work on right now, which can have outsized returns. That's basically what this is. Is you're constantly saying, hey, I'm going to focus on the top issues and the top issues only. That's it with my time. So I love the simplicity of this meeting structure. Um, eventually, once you do with management, they should be taking it to their own teams, implementing the same level 10 meeting structure all through the organization. Um, the last thing I'm going to quickly mention, um, once you get comfortable with this, you can start implementing a bonus plan, which goes along with uh, performance. Uh, and you're tracking people's performance based off the job review. You're tracking it based off a scorecard. So once you track things properly, you're in prime position to implement some sort of profit share program like, like we do or some sort of bonus from there cool. So I know I talked about it a lot over here. Um, I went through a lot of different points. Like I mentioned multiple times, um, spend some time going through a version one of this, even if it's just you, it feels awkward. That's totally okay. This took us multiple quarters to actually get up to like comfortable with probably over a year, right? Cause you do it for one quarter. You're like, okay, let's reevaluate our scorecard. This isn't, this isn't working well. Let's fix this. So it took us a long time to get there, but um, when it actually hits, it hits right? So try to implement version one of this, see how it changes your company and organization and go from there. Cool. Thank you guys again for listening to the remote local podcast. I really, really hope this was helpful and I'll catch you next week. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.bremotelocal.com.